Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. My name is Dilthi Doherty and in this podcast series, I will be speaking to investors, advisors, recruitment entrepreneurs and recruiters who are based all over the world. And we'll be discussing how to set up, scale and operate a world-class recruitment company. These next few podcasts I'm going to release are more focused on people who are looking either at setting up in the USA or moving themselves to the USA. And today's guest is Adam Matthews. He's the managing director and co-founder of Discover Internationals. And they do pharma and biotechs across the USA. He's based in Miami and we went and visited him last week. We had an unbelievable time and it was our first time in Miami. And I got to meet Adam and go through his founder journey. Really successful uh, recruiter at the Hydrogen Group. Went out on his own, thought it was going to be easy, picked the wrong area. Lots of up and downs, you know, had some hard, hard times in recruitment. But ultimately, stuck at it, you know, pivoted at the right time and now has a multi-office, very successful recruitment business that are growing exponentially. So we, we, we just talked a lot about that journey, what it's like to live in Miami, and I really enjoyed it. Had an awesome time in Miami. I've never been before. And if you're a young recruiter thinking about going out there, I'd love to have a chat with you. We've got a few good clients there. It is unbelievable. And I think when you take into the cost versus how much you're going to make and your base salary and your tax and the weather... It would be silly and remiss of you not to consider it over L.A. or New York. Over to Adam. Do I look at you or camera? You can look right into my eyes. Okay, man. cool. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. I'm joined here by Adam Matthews of Discover International. This is the final of day one of our trip to Miami of why you should move here. Cool. Okay, I'm ready to go. How are you today? Yeah, really good. The weather's not so good as you can see as it normally is. This is quite a rarity for Miami. But aside from that, all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, loving, the, loving the city. Yeah. How yeah. long have you been here for? So I arrived almost exactly a year ago. And next week will be uh, my first year in Miami. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. um, do you have kids married? I'm married. I got married just before I came out. All right, cool. Um, okay, so what we normally do here yeah. is we jump into how it all began for you. Okay. Walk, me, walk me into your, your, your background in recruitment before you set up first. Okay, cool. So I actually got into recruitment a bit later than most people. Yeah. So I got into recruitment when I was 28. Uh, 27 for me, okay. so I get yeah, you. Yeah, so it's a little bit, uh, a little bit later than, than a lot of people. I uh, joined a company called uh, Hydrogen. If you know them, yeah, so, do yeah, uh, they and I'd done sales before, so I'd done some different type of sales roles and got into recruitment. Um, and yeah, they were a good business back in the day. Um, the yeah, in my background there, I joined really the reason I, I got into it into recruitment, why I joined them is I really believed in the idea of it being a meritocratic environment. Yeah, in my early years at Hydrogen, that definitely was the case. Um, my first year in recruitment, I was the top bidder in the whole company, you know, there was 350 people in the company, and I, was, I got to number one in my What'd first you year. First year I built 350. It was in 2008, so there was a financial crisis going on, so that helped me. Um, How did that help you? 
because not so many other people were doing the oil and gas. So, so in previous years, yeah. they might maybe the top people in that country doing half a million. Okay. When I joined, because of the financial crisis, they maybe weren't doing as big numbers, and I did three fifty in my first year. How did you do that? I think because because I've done other sales, I was like I've been trained. I did four fifty in my first okay, year. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the record. But uh, but yeah, I think because I'd done I'd done like what I'd called like solution selling so yeah. I'd, I'd been trained quite heavily on like spin selling solution selling I just applied the selling methodology I'd learned before into recruitment yeah. so I took to it pretty quick and then year on year I was the top builder in the company and uh -oh. then I got promoted became top performing manager and yeah so cool. I took it from there really. what yeah. about so what vertical was it that you were in so that was oil and gas back then okay uh, so I started that's another gas. that's another thing that probably you could add to it because that was money for jam in that boom wasn't it it was, but in 2008, it wasn't. Oil price was $45 yeah. a barrel. So actually, when I started, the oil price, I remember when I started in 2008, the oil price, when I got there, was about $125. Six, well, six weeks, probably not quite six weeks, probably yeah. three months later, it was down to $45. Wow. So it, it definitely got hit, but it didn't get hit as badly as some of the other markets in that time. It got hit a lot worse later. But in Were you doing contract or perm? I was doing perm. Yeah. Um, was it like geologists or drillers or? Yeah, that kind of thing. I was actually, when I joined the company, they hadn't done it before. They had hired one other guy. I remember my first week, I had to do a presentation of what a geologist was. Yeah. I thought it was a test. I was actually doing the market research. They didn't know what it was. So it was like we just started the market. We'd never ever done it before. Yeah. So they, they brought, to be honest, when I got hired, my boss, who was very good, told me a couple of white lies, like making out they've done <laughs> quite a lot. When I got there, there was no clients, no database, oh, no. no candidates. Like literally, Every client I spoke to, I had to add to the system because they didn't exist. We'd never yeah. done it before. So first couple of months, we were just working out what a good candidate was, what a good yeah. client was. So that's yeah, that's how it started. Because it's yeah. tricky, right? Because in oil and gas, you've got your four major recruitment firms, okay. and yeah. they they hold a lot of the major accounts. Yeah. Were you going after the mid tier the mid tier like suppliers of them? Or well, we the way I kind of got trained, but you know, and I think well trained when I started recruitment was all very much niche, and that's we did get into the geologists and subsurface stuff. Um, we just focused on those niches mm. and in a relatively short period of time back in the day our brand then was Darling Park we did become the number one at subsurface in Europe and that was my team yeah. uh, so we were very very good at that and then we added on drilling in some other areas uh, and again we then became the number one in drilling like we were like supplying to major companies so Shell we were the number one supplier to Shell mm. so we weren't just working with small outfits yeah. uh, but obviously we made a lot of money out of some, some mid-size so we used to do a lot of work with a company called Maersk who yeah. don't do it anymore we used to do a lot of work with a company Tello uh, and a bunch of others but yeah we you know myself I used to run so I joined as a, um, a, a you know junior consultant and I mm. remember I did a training course with hydrogen and my now business partner I've got two but one of them his name's Steve McBride he was on the same training course and he was hired to do contract finance okay um, and we were in different buildings and after about six months I've been putting up serious numbers very quickly so he phoned me up and he's like Adam you know how are you doing these numbers? Do you think there's a contract market? I was brand new to recruitment. I was like, I, I, I imagine so. He managed to get a transfer, which is quite difficult, yeah. and then piggied in off the back of my clients. And, <laughs> and basically, he grew out contract, I grew out perm. So I then ended up running the perm team. He ran the contract team. Oh, wow. um, yeah, it's interesting. When, when I joined uh, Hydrogen, uh, they hadn't done oil and gas recruitment before, really. They'd hired one other guy. At the point that I left, I was overseeing the the perm European business, my, my business partner was overseeing contract. It was the, the most prominent and most profitable business area of the company. Yeah, and were you doing lots of business in the North Sea and stuff like that? Or? So we, we did, yeah, we did 
plenty of work in, in the UK and, and Aberdeen. We did a lot of work in Norway. Mm. Uh, we actually did a lot of work in Denmark, although there's only a couple of oil and gas firms there. We did a lot of work there. We used to do quite a lot of work in the Netherlands. Um, we did bits in Africa, but yeah. Europe, and we, you know, we did some stuff in some quite, you know, random places. For we, we were really big in Switzerland. There was a particular client there we used to make a lot of money yeah. off. A little bit in Spain. Um, and then we did then start taking that into the USA. And then uh, the business then opened up an office in Asia. And Steve actually went out to Australia to open up oil and gas for them there. So we ended up taking it around the world. But yeah. the, first, the first couple of years was all Europe. Like did did you get an international move or did you stay in the UK? I, I did go internationally. But before we set up Discover, mm. uh, I, deci- I decided I wanted to get a bit more life experience and a bit more recruitment experience. So mm. I went to work for another firm. And I went out to Singapore and spent a year in Singapore. Okay, which um, one? So I'd worked for a firm called Earthstream. Okay, uh, yeah. It was out in Singapore, still, still doing energy. So I went and set up um, their sort of oil and gas team out there for them. And I was helping them set up uh, their team in the US from the Singapore and their team in the UK at yeah. the time, actually. I had some restrictive covenants. What, what that year was, was that? Working around. That was, oh, when was that? So we've set up Discover about five and a half years ago. So mm. probably about six years ago that I, yeah. I was out in Singapore. But yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so there's an interesting question I have in my head and it's really that you were doing perm he was doing temp Mm, at what stage did you start whispering to each other we should do this for ourselves it's an interesting question that so I think um, and it's part of some of the principles that we base our business on so when we first started at Hygiene I don't want to slight them too much because I actually had a brilliant journey with them in the early days in, in the early days, it was very much a meritocratic environment. Mm. We, what we put in, we also got out. We got great development. You know, uh, we created a brilliant business for them, but also they accelerated. You know, very quickly within three years of doing recruitment, I was running really sizable teams, running a really big P and L. They were exiting at that stage, were they? No, they they weren't. But what, what the transition was after about three years, it, some of the leadership changed. Yeah, and it became pretty apparent. Whereas for years it had been a pretty neutral we were adding a lot of value yeah. and we were getting a lot of value that started to change it became pretty apparent we were never going to get shares in the business or get to the top table yeah. and actually we were making fortunes for the company and we were no longer it, it, and I think actually they maybe Hydrogen didn't quite realise how good they had it I think they thought that oil and gas market was very straightforward I mean it was a good market but yeah. we were doing some really good things so at that point when we kind of took the view you know we were no longer getting quite as much as we were putting in, yeah. we then did start talking. We felt we could do it bigger and better. Mm. Um, and I guess they got to a point where I maybe didn't want to quite share the ideas we were having because we knew we weren't going to get remunerated or rewarded properly yeah. for that. And I think when that started to click, I think that's when I realised, well, if I'm not, if I don't want to share all my good ideas with my employer, then probably this isn't yeah. the place I want to carry on being. So it was around about that point we started talking about maybe setting up. Was one of you more nudging the other? No, I, th- I just think we we work very well together, and well, you know what? I can't. Looking back, it was a while ago now. I think yeah. we both we both of a similar mindset. We both felt we could go and do it. Um, yeah, and that's kind this of is that's this is every re- every recruiter that's hmm. doing well at a decent company is in a bar talking to the other guy going. We should probably we should probably do it, go out on our own at some stage. I think so. Yeah, but I also think if if we unless you're tied into yeah. the exit. Yeah, exactly, and this is this, so. That's what I think. If we'd been, if we'd known we could get proper shares in that business, mm. we would have stayed. And I, actually, again, talking about that company, there's been quite a lot of good companies that have come out of Hydro, and I think partly the way they're structured makes it hard for them to give out equity. Mm. Um, 
part of the philosophy behind this company, because of what we experienced there, is how amazing it was for the meritocracy for a period. Mm. We want that to be part of our business forever, and we want everyone that performs that gets in the position that myself and Steve are in. And I've got a third business partner, Terry, who's in a similar boat, but he was doing pharma, not, not oil and gas. Um, we want to be in a position where we can offer that so people can make fortunes from the company if they deserve it, yeah. so they don't want to leave. Um, sure. You know, and if someone in, in a point, point one day where they want to set up, we're wishing the best of luck with it. Yeah. But we'd like to be in a place where people want to stay with us yeah. because they will get that reward that unfortunately wasn't an offer with Hygen. And I think, you no, know, I think it's to do with their, their way their business is structured. They could be a much bigger company now if they managed to retain. Yeah, and I always, like, uh, I, I always think S three are the same. You know, they could have. Yeah, there's lots of amazing people that have yeah. set up businesses because, well, they didn't invest in them. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it got to a point where we felt we could do what we were doing better really yeah. so yeah and we, were, and we were ready for the challenge we wanted to create yeah. something that we were proud of so yeah, and that oil and gas market was going to last forever so you thought you'd have a crack at it right absolutely we, and what we, happened yeah well uh, so so that's yeah that's a good story so when we launched the company the yeah. launch the launch of the company was, yeah. was really good so it's myself i've got two business partners myself steve and, and terry we went and set up in a room the three of us i hadn't been on the phones for about three years at this point wow. so i was a little bit rusty um and we went and set up and Started making calls, started started wrecking, um, and you know, I remember the first day doing it. I was getting back on back on the phones. It took I was a little bit rusty. It took me yeah. a couple of days to, to get into it, but very quickly, we you know our business plan we executed to perfection and beyond. So we had um, we managed to hire loads of our old team. Yeah. So basically, I mean, I'm sure Hardy was very happy about it. we decimated the old company because we took loads of our old people. Um, and they joined us very quickly as soon as we started making money. And I remember there was quite a lot of chat because people who joined us, they were convinced we must have taken funding for us to be able to hire all these people. But that wasn't the case. It was myself and my business partners were absolutely nailing it, bringing loads of fees and we could just keep hiring. Yeah. So within um, 18 months, we'd got up to uh, 18 people and we had offers out to have five other people join us, all ready to join us. We're about to get to 23 people inside 18 months, all of our own money. What year is this? This was... 2014, 2014, yeah. And I remember we just took a bigger office. We were about to open in Houston. We were absolutely going all guns blazing. We were about to open in Houston. We'd just taken a bigger office in prime real estate and monument in London. And then the bottom fell out of the oil and gas market in a way that, uh, yeah, so. It wasn't, it wasn't much fun. I was in Calgary. Okay, yeah. It wasn't so you, much fun. You've yeah. seen it, yeah. So, so yeah, we had, a, we had, after an amazing start, and you know, we made a few, learned a few business lessons from it. I didn't make any, you know, none of us made any money in those early days because all the money we kept putting back in the company to hire. Sure. And we hired some amazing people, and we really appreciate those people. You know, they all came and joined us, and they, you know, part of that journey. So, so that was really good. But suddenly, the bottom fell out of the market, and I have to say, the next year and a half was incredibly stressful. Yeah. Because, you know, and when I said the bottom fell out for people that haven't done oil and get, literally, there was not any jobs. No, it just turned off. Yeah, like literally. It, yeah. So, People that we used to Calgary. Place. I, I was yeah. there to launch an IT division yeah. for a company. Yeah, just turned on. Yeah, and I was like, they, I, I, yeah, there was pe people. You know, we were that were geologists that were on you know one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year were suddenly having to become bus drivers or lorry drivers or school teachers yeah. because literally they couldn't do anything else. Yeah, so that that was an incredibly difficult time, and I'm quite proud of good how good lessons learned. Yeah, it's a very good lessons learned. It's interesting, you know. Uh, and I could go on about this for ages about advice we got about how we should set up and how you should be an expert and a specialist in one thing yeah. and be famous for it and that's why we, we did it but fortunately we did have a contingency plan because one of my business partners uh, who's Terry Lee he'd done pharmaceuticals before he'd done pharma yeah, people are always going to need drugs <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, so we could quite quickly pivot 
and into a different market, which we, we managed to do. Like instantly? Did, did the, no, so again, there's a couple of things that came with that. I think we, it, we did pivot pretty quick. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, again, I think Steve took a bit of a lead on, on making sure that we moved pretty quickly. But I don't think we realised how... We knew oil and gas was in trouble. We didn't realise that it was going to totally last that die. long. Yeah, so we carried on chipping away at oil and gas because because lasted lasted nearly two. It, it hasn't well, recovered since. Yes, yeah, so it hasn't recovered now. But like it was. Yeah, but it was really bad. So yeah. so we sort of moved half the business into pharma and carried on with energy yeah. for. Charlotte was working for NES and they cut a third of their staff globally. Okay. Yeah. Including yeah, her. Like, it was like overnight. Yeah. 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 I'm not. I'm not. I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah it was. And we moved to Guatemala and set up a rector. <laughs> Okay, that sounds fun. <laughs> so, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah. So we we went through through that, and we we you know again a business lesson. Maybe we you know in hindsight we should have shut down energy totally and just moved straight into pharma because that market is amazing. Yeah, which we'll probably come on to. But um, we kind of you know we still made some. Uh, we were quite fortunate because again you know to, to be truthful we had to fight to keep the lights on. Again, me and my business partner didn't take a salary for a period. I was quite fortunate. I managed to win a couple of key clients that were still hiring in yeah. that recession. Who, to be honest, if we hadn't won those, maybe you know, I mean, we would have found another way. I'm sure. But if I hadn't won those particular clients, maybe we wouldn't have been able to keep the lights on. Yeah. There's one particular client. I won't mention them, but they basically paid our bills for about wow. six months, and they we made some serious fees out of them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've got got a lot of gratitude to that particular firm. They don't know it, uh, but yeah, they helped us pay the bills for a while wow. while we started to re-establish ourselves in pharma. So, so you re-established in pharma. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you lost some of those billers. Yeah, we did. I mean, it was a funny time actually that because we we'd hired a lot of people that were in our old team, and I think when I look back on that particular period, we had a lot of experienced oil and gas billers, and now they couldn't make any money. Mm. It was a really interesting time because they felt such loyalty to us because they'd come and joined us, and they didn't want to leave us in the lurch, mm. and we felt such loyalty to them, we didn't want to let them go because. Um, we didn't want to let them down yeah. and we ended up in a weird situation where you know they weren't able to make any money because they, they were struggling to switch would you to would market. you have pivoted them faster in we hindsight we pivoted faster and then, to be honest I think probably we should have let a couple people go that weren't before me and I also think probably a couple of them should have resigned yeah. they didn't want to resign <laughs> because they didn't want to let us down yeah. so you know it, it, that again was, was an interesting thing we showed a lot of loyalty to them because we you know we really appreciate what they, yeah. they'd done and they showed a lot of loyalty to us but actually the ones that didn't want to do pharma it would have been better if, yeah. they, you know, we, we'd, you know, you learn a lesson from that. They probably would be better off. When you flipped into pharma, yeah. what type of stuff did you have to change from being an oil and gas recruiter? Well, there's a few things we had to do. So we had to move to much cheaper and smaller offices to begin with. Mm. So that was pretty. You know, I remember we spent a we had always been in, we spent a particular six months in a pretty. We were in lovely offices now. We spent six months in a pretty horrible office. Yes. Where are you based now? Uh, so in London, we're back very close to Monument. We're actually right on the Thames, so the overlook directly at the Shard, we've got a balcony with a nice view of yeah. uh, Tower Bridge, it's a really yeah. nice location. But for a period we'd gone to Blackfriars and we were in a horrible little office in <laughs> Blackfriars with like no windows and it was like, we, we, we called it the, I remember HMV were in the same building, we called it like the office where companies go to die. <laughs> so we got out of that, bit, that office as soon as we could, but it's, you know, for a period it's what we, you know, yeah. what we could, what we could do. Uh, but yeah, and then, so we're there. We've also, we've got an office in Warsaw, in, uh, sorry, Krakow. Yeah, in Poland now, and obviously we're here in Miami. In Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to jump into that, what, what you're doing in War mm. Warsaw? Krakow, sorry. Krakow. Yeah, yeah. That's my cool. bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do Do they do a lot of the legwork? A lot of the lot, lot of the source and a lot of the research? Um, we just launched that office, yeah. and we just made our first hires. So the plan is, so so yeah, they'll be doing some uh, of the resource, 
uh, particularly if we win some big project work. Yeah. So that's part, you know, offshore delivery centre sure, yeah. uh, is, is a big part of what that's we're what, doing. That's what we have as yeah, well. So. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, they'll be doing some of the resourcing, some of the big project work. But we also, you know, there's some good recruiters in uh, Krakow and we also feel like maybe there's, we want to give them a bit more opportunity than maybe they're getting in um, some of the other firms, some yeah. of the outsourcing. You know, you've got some big players out there. I think people like Ramstad are outsourcing out there. So for the good ones, we want to give them opportunities to do 360 and we want to pay them more than they get paid locally. Mm. Um, so definitely they'll be doing some of the resourcing for us, but we're hoping the people who hire there will get more of a kick out of their careers mm. than they're getting in the in the other companies that are doing the big volume outsourcing there. So yeah. there'll be a bit of a hybrid going on there. Sorry, I just, I just yeah. digressed there. I'm always, yeah, sorry. I was, yeah. I was keen yeah. to get into those details. Yeah, yeah. So you get uh, you, you get reestablished again. You're kind of getting up on the on your feet in uh, yeah. in the pharma world. When did the USA start getting on your radar that, do you know what? Maybe I could move out there and launch an office. Okay, yeah, so that's a good, good question. So we, we originally were going to go to the USA when we were doing oil and gas. So we were going to open up in Houston. And then obviously we had to, we'd actually identified the guy to leave the office. And we had to can that idea yeah. because of what happened. So always the US, I'd, I'd, I'd recruited in the US before I'd spent time out here. I'd been over there. I remember being in Houston in the oil and gas days. And it was just bigger and better. And the market was enormous. So we'd always thought we want to get in the US. Mm. Now, I remember a few years back, I was doing a, uh, a board meeting with my partners and because of what happened in oil and gas our business plan where we wanted to be at we were a couple of years behind it yeah because and we wanted to accelerate it so we had a meeting it was like just okay, the three of you or do you have an NED in there as well it was, or? It was, it was the three of us we, we don't have an NED at, at, at this point although we have a very good network of other you know recruitment business owners and there was a few people that I really respect in the business the guys who work for Earthstream being one of them that we take advice from but at this point it was the three of us and we were like right we've got to get we need, we've got to take some giant leaps forward to get back the business plan back mm. to where we want it to be. And it was like, okay, we've got to go to America. You know, that is where it's biggest and best. So even before we'd even really got pharma going in Europe, mm. we'd already decided we want to get to America as fast as we can because we know how big the market is out here. So I remember we were sat down, the three of us, and it was like, okay, so who's going to do it then? And it wasn't like all three of us were jumping at the bit to go to America. We were, you know, I was, I'd recently... Uh, the short straws, did yeah, you? Well, no, I wouldn't say that. I'd recently got, got engaged. Um, one of the other guys recently had a child another guy had some other commitments um, and it was kind of like well we've got to go and I was like go on then I'll do it and it wasn't because I was desperate to do it it's because I thought I'd lived overseas before and I, and I, I like travelling but as so I wasn't doing it under duress but I wasn't jumping up and down it is the best decision I ever made yeah. I'm absolutely delighted that it was me that put my hand up and said I was doing it yeah. walk I, me through the complexities of launching an office so there's quite a lot of detail around um doing so obviously you've got to find you identify your staff and your leaders that you're going to take so there was some strategy around that because yeah. i've set up were you doing business already from the uk we start so that was part of the strategy yeah. we, we i've set up several markets now and i didn't want to do it again on my own i set up several offices for different businesses i really wanted to take some of the key guys i've got in the, in the business so so there was a few things i need to, to think about the strategy who's going to take with me and then of course you have to put you get your visa mm. um and that takes you know, it's a process, but it's quite a detailed process. So the strategy was that we would uh, also, I remember my fiance at the time, she'd be very supportive, but she didn't want to go out to America until we were married. Of course. So, so I kind of had a bit of lead time. I had, it, I had yeah. like nine, yeah, I had like nine months to a year where I knew I was going, but I couldn't go until that point. Yeah, yeah. So we spent that year hiring people that wanted to move to America. So we hired some like young guys in uh, in the UK that wanted to make that move but didn't have that opportunity because they were quite junior and maybe they couldn't get the visa but mm. they spent they spent six months to a year with us where they got enough experience to get the visa 
Um, and uh, one of the key other key people we've got here, he was like my number two in uh, in in London. Mm. Yeah, so we planned to get them out, and we got them all the visas, so that went really well. So we planned to get our visa here. A big part of it was choosing the location. Yeah. So we shortlisted a bunch of locations, uh, and we prompted for Miami, which some people find a bit unusual, but there was method in the madness yeah. that I can yeah I can explain to people. Uh, but yeah, and, and the capital investment to get the visa. What, what were you advised on how much that was? What, to actually get our visa? To, to, to get your ET2 status into Yeah, me. I mean, again, you hear. I hear lots of different things, from yeah. 30 to 150. Okay, well, I only had to put up 15, so uh, we did it. Um, yeah, but Let's move to America, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but the, we were making money in yeah. America. Because we, we, we had a lead time, we were already doing money in America. So sure. when, I, I mean... I would have put up more. We had we had more money in the bank now. We could have easily done it. Mm. Uh, but the um, we we were making money with serious. Com- we were making serious. Mo- we were, I mean, we made about one point two million dollars in the in. Uh, so you were able to show the, quite. Yeah, a, so we were able to show we made one point two million dollars, and surely you want us to pay tax on that in America rather than the UK. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So makes sense. So again, we put up some cash. We could have put up more, and our business plan showed we were going to hire America. Which obviously we have done since we've arrived, and putting that business in the business plan as part of it, yeah. isn't it? And yeah, yeah. There's a certain requirement. Yeah, you've got to put. There's a, you know, it's a, it's, it was two years ago I started working on it now, but yeah, there's a there's a load of different documents you've got to put together around strategy and structure. But yeah. a big part of ours was explaining our current client base and how we we're going to grow that, and then how we we're going to create jobs in America. A, a huge part of that E2 investment visa is that you show that you're going to create jobs mm. uh, for Americans, which we absolutely are doing ahead of. Uh, the plan we provided to the embassy so we're well on track and they're going to keep beating that so so yeah that's that's a key part of it there's a few different different what, why miami yeah so that that was interesting uh, how that came about um and it's a little bit different there's a f- there's a few reasons i guess we, we we thought about it nearly every company that does what we do in pharma when they come to america they go to new york, new york. yeah some go to california some go to boston some go to boston yeah absolutely we, we felt, again, when we started doing the plan, we were we were a smaller player in pharma. We're not anymore. We've now got a really good brand, particularly mm. in some of the niches we're in, we're doing extremely well. I mean, there's some niches we're in in, in the US, which I'm already very confident with the number one of what we do. We've only been here a year. Um, so, uh, but at the time we were quite a small brand. And I felt if we go to New York, we're not doing anything different. We're not doing anything special. Mm-hmm. Just another company in New York who, you know, people are hearing about all the time, probably just competing on base salary alone. I felt if we could go to another location, which maybe could offer something different, could yeah. offer a USP, would make us stand out and make us a little yeah. bit different. What is that USP? Okay, so we looked at a bunch of go. others. Here yeah, we, we looked at a bunch of others before we settled on Miami. Yeah. Uh, but um, so I could go through yeah, the yeah, decision-making we'll process. Through. Yeah, but So so we looked at California. Uh, so there's a few things. One. And we looked at Boston, we looked at Atlanta, we looked at Texas. I sell the Californian dream all okay. day long. So well, I, don't, I don't want to sell against it too much. Then, yeah. No, 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 do, but, do, do. But the, obviously. So, so most people that get into recruitment are, are normally kind of young, fun in their mid twenties. Okay, so yeah. Miami is known for having a nightlife. It definitely has a fun environment. And what I'm really clear on, it offers much more than that. There's a stereotype that people assume it's just like uh, Miami. It's like Instagram models and it's tacky and it's just a party. That definitely exists, but there's much more to it. I've mm. established since I've, since I've been here. But we thought we wanted to go somewhere that was, that was fun. We also, um, and you know, New York's fun, LA's fun. We wanted to pick a city that was fun and was recognisable in the UK, so people want to join us. Um, we thought we'd go somewhere hot because London's pretty cold. Boston, we seriously thought about Boston, but um, it's cold just, and it's yeah, expensive. Yeah, it's cold. It's expensive. It's, 
so many employment opportunities there. We we felt again, are we really offering something unique if we go to Boston? Mm. And we also, you know, we were making really good money in London in America. So we'd we had come to the conclusion we don't have to be in the location where our clients are. We have to be on the same time zone and we yeah. have to be able to meet them easily. We don't have to be there. Yeah. So um, and we as I say, we looked at California. It, there's a few reasons why we ended up plumping for Miami. One is the tax. There is no state or city tax here. If you tax go, for you and for the employees. Yeah, for the employees. So if you go to California, mm. you'll be paying federal tax, which is about 25%, and you'll be in takes, paying take state tax, which is about 14%. So mm. you'll be paying about 39%. Similar to UK? Similar to UK, yeah. yeah. You go to New York, you're paying state and city tax. Mm. I think with both combined, you're probably paying a bit over 40%. Yeah. In Miami, you will never pay any state tax. Your maximum tax you'll ever pay is 25%. It's scaled, so you never get to 25%. The maximum tax you'll ever pay on commission is 22%. Mm. So already people are making 25% more roughly with us, yeah. 20% more maybe than they would in other locations. They're making loads more than they would in London. Also, the cost of living here is it's much lower than California and much lower than New York. Now, compared to some other- New York is higher than California. Yeah. Uh, San Fran might be a bit higher, but, but New York yeah. definitely higher than, than, than yeah. LA. The, um, now again, this Miami compared to Atlanta is expensive, or compared to Charlotte. Compared to New York, compared to LA, it's much cheaper. It's a lot cooler than Atlanta and Charlotte, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot more, there's a lot more going on. And, and the, um, so all, all the guys that came out from the UK, mm. they all live in walking distance from the office. They all live, walk, so you can look out the window here and see the skyscrapers. Uh, one of them lives, a couple of them live beyond the building just there and a couple of them live in the other direction. I live in that building just there actually, I live very close. Um, but the, um, yeah, the, they can all walk to work, but what you get for your money here, so all of them have got swimming pools, all of them have got living condos, yeah. they've all got balconies, yeah. you know, they've got rooftop swimming pools. Ryan who works for us, he actually, his swimming pool at his building is yeah. the largest residential pool complex in North America. It's, it's like you go to, it's like being at like a day club. That's mad, there, yeah. yeah. So the quality of what, all that, and, and you know, so they'll be paying less than they paid in London uh, rent, and they'll be paying a lot. I mean, if you paid what they're paying, you'd have a shoebox or a yeah. bed set in New York. But what you get for your money here is off the chart good. When I was a recruiter in Perth in yeah. Western Australia, we used to feel sorry for people in London. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. Oh, yeah, we yeah, couldn't so even imagine what it would be like to yeah, have yeah. to do that. Yeah, for sure. So, 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 yeah, quality of life is again. So when we were in the office. We're a, we're a proper recruitment company. We're trying to be the best at what we do. Yeah. So we're as intense in the office as we would be in any I feel other place. I feel a bit underdressed next yeah. week. <laughs> but uh, we're not too smart. We do casual Fridays. But but on um, but the moment you step out of the office, it's like chilled. It's so much, you know, it's so much more, you know, I, I love London. It's a brilliant city. I, and I'm sure I'll live there again one day. But, you know, it's so busy and the it's commute intense. is so stressful yeah. and obviously it's cold. Uh, you know, New York's a cool city, but again, it's so busy, there's people everywhere. Here, you step out the office and you've got palm trees. Yeah. There's still loads going on, but it's just... It's I, I go into London once a yeah. week. And yeah. like at, at the end of the day, when I get finished with my meetings, I'm yeah. so happy to be on the, on the train to West Sussex. Okay. Like yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's an intense place. Yeah, New York is a bit like that as well. Right? Yeah, yeah it, can, it can be. I've not spent time in LA, so I can't, can't compare it so much. What about families? Okay. Like, if you had a kid, and a wife, and you wanted to move to Miami, like, can you rent a house outside the city and drive in? Is it is is, is that is that available? Is like, because in, in LA, it's tough because the traffic's terrible. They, I was pricing it because I was we were fantasizing yeah, yeah, about yeah. moving. Okay. Um, 
And you, can, you can move here with the family for sure. Yeah, we're looking at five grand for okay. accommodation a month. Okay, wow. Well, okay. For a family place. Yeah, which, well, well, it's definitely a lot cheaper than that here. I, I'm, I've got a wife, I haven't got kids. so You're um, still living the dream. Yeah, so one of the, one of the guys on the team's got, um, got a three-year-old. And he, one of the things that's, diff, that's good here is the, 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 the childcare is so much cheaper than in London. Like he waxes a little, like it's dirt cheap compared to what you pay. I don't know what he pays, you'd have to ask him. Yeah, we're, we're he, paying a fortune. Yeah, but he, tell, he says it's really, really good value. So he, in London, they couldn't have childcare, but in London, here they do. Yeah. Uh, his wife's quite fortunate because she doesn't work either, but you know, she gets to spend a little <laughs> bit of lady leisure. But, uh, but yeah, it's... Um, you Fancy can, that, love. Yeah, you, yeah, can, you, nice. can, you, can, yeah, you can definitely do that. Um, my wife absolutely loves it. Yeah. I, was, I was nervous moving out here because I was told, you know, you've got to make sure your spouse really settles. Sure. She, she loves living here. Um, I think you can have a mix. You know, we've got uh, the team, you know, again, most of the people that we took out in the UK are young, in their 20s. Mm -hmm. They're having a great time living the single life. And, you know, they, they enjoy being able to go to the beach and it being relaxing, but also there's a, there is a party scene here. So if you want to go out and have a great time, yeah. the area we live in Brickell, you know, they have happy hours all the time. There's loads of cool bars around here. Like yeah. it's, it's packed every night. So there's lots to do socially. There's lot, you know, if you're into sport, you know, they, again, the guys in the team are doing sport regularly yeah. um, in the evenings, whether that be, you know, just about the gym, but they're all playing soccer or they're doing, doing what, or, or football. I saw your uncle at football, but yeah, of course yeah. you, you get used to the lingo here. So, but I think, yeah, if you're a family you want, and you want to do it, you definitely can. One of the uh, other people in the team, um, well, a couple, some of the Americans, they live a little bit further out and they drive in. Yeah. Um, so again, if you live a bit further out, then property's much cheaper yeah. elsewhere. And you just couldn't do that in LA. Like you couldn't yeah. live further. Like really? Yeah. We were trying, like, okay. it's, it's, a sing, it's a young single person city. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's what we find anyway. Yeah, and, so. yeah so you could, you could definitely, uh, I think, again, this is, it's a young single person city, it's great fun, but you, Traffic, you definitely can live in other areas. People drive in. Yeah. Again, all the expats we've taken out, they all live within walking distance of the office. Because I think yeah. the lifestyle is, is one of the big reasons they make the move. Whereas some of the people that we've hired locally, they you know, may drive up to 45 minutes to get here. Let me ask you some uh, questions yeah. around numbers. Um, what's the average fee? Uh, average fee is $36,000. Okay. Um, if a... What's your average yearly take from a recruiter that's made it? The average yearly that's made it? Okay, so we're relatively new in the US, so it's hard to say what average is because we're doing it. Yeah. Okay, but I've got the guy that's been with us longest that started the longest, he'll, he's a recruit, recruiter, he'll probably do about $210,000, $220,000 this year. Okay. Um, he's very good. I would expect my other higher performers to do about in terms of that's what they'll take home, yeah. what they're Oh, that's what they'll that's, take that's home. That's what he'll make. Yeah, he'll make $220,000 this year. And uh, I've got a couple of other guys that should make between 150 and 180, depending on where they finish up at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but they, again, they've only been doing it, once you've been doing it a couple of years, I mean, so we've got several people in the team that are doing over half a million dollars a year. It's their first year in America and they're doing over half a million dollars. If I don't have a million dollar bill the next year, I'll be amazed. Like some of those, some of those people, once they've got a year or two under their belt, they'll be doing millions. What would that person be doing in the UK? Or what were they doing Ster in the UK before Sterling, they came over? I'd say Sterling, they're probably going to be doing 250. Like, so I'm talking about good people, 220 to 250. And farmers still a great market in the UK. Yeah. Uh, but the fees are bigger here and the yeah. volume's more here. So you can make yeah. more. It's, it, you, you can, yeah, you can do well here. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what type of profiles are you after? Um, so I'm relatively. I'm, because I got into recruitment a bit later, 
Mm. I'm probably more open to uh, different profiles than some other people that are kind of like, it's always got to be someone that's 21 and like been there and done it because I got into it later. But I, I, but at the same time, we were a young, fun company. So I want to balance. Sure. You know, we want, so I'm quite open on to the type of profile of person. Obviously, if you're coming from the UK, you've got to have some experience in your belt because you need that for the yeah. visa. Do you need them to be pharma specific? No, not necessarily. I'll switch, I have people switch markets. Which, which um, markets would you would you consider switching? So people, people can be funny, but different. People yeah, I, so I don't mind what market they come from. What's more important is the dynamic of the market. So we, we work in, and you know, most markets are like this, it's highly candidate scarce, it's all headhunting. Mm. You know, if we put a job ad out, no one any, that's, yeah, that's yeah. ever going to apply. So, so I want someone from a market that is used to headhunting and used to work in the candidate scarce markets and business developing in that market, yep. which is all about going, to, going yeah. to clients and getting... I mean, it's one of the reasons actually that although I did oil and gas before, I worked in candidate scarce markets. It wasn't hard switching to pharma because I just employed the same methodology. Mm. I just need to learn some technical stuff. But how I had, how we head on them, how we approach them, how we approach the market is exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really mind. You know, if someone's done pharma, brilliant. But they don't have to have done that. Yeah. If they if they've worked in candidate scarce markets and then how to do recruitment, and they there's a few things I guess that I look for in terms of personality. So I want them to be fun. I want them to be a team player because, you know, some recruitment set people up to go a bit head to head and be mm. competitive to the detriment of one another. We want people to be competitive and want to be the best, mm. but we want people that, um, that don't want to do that to the detriment of their colleagues. And we want that, that team. We've got a great culture. You know, all people team get on. They do lots of social stuff together. I think that's a great thing actually for people that might come out from the UK. Mm. You know, the team will hang out together at weekends. Uh, you know, and not just the the Brits only. The Brits and the Americans will hang out. They go and do social stuff. So there is a network they can immediately tap into. They're not yeah. going to turn up and not have any friends. You know, that we've got a really welcoming culture in that regard. So I want people that team players, so we keep that going. And I want people that genuinely want to be the best and genuinely want to kick on with their career. We want to be the best at what we do in, in mm. the niches we're in. So I need people that really want to make money, really want to be the best at what they do. And hopefully we want to progress their careers because the whole reason we've come here is to scale and take the business somewhere and really make it worth something. So I think something that we can offer compared to some others it's, there's some bigger companies out there that have like private equity investment, mm. and they're all just—they're not necessarily about developing people's careers. They're just about adding heads and hitting the next number so that they can hit their PE number and get some more money, and the top people can take them over the table. We're privately owned. We want to take this company. We're—you know—we got here. I got here in November. We officially launched, launched in January. We're up to 13 people, 13 That's recruiters good now. Yeah, and we—and but we've got—we, you know, pharma. Uh, is a huge, huge market. We're doing a tiny percentage of it. Mm. So I need to hire people that want to come in and build and hopefully people that want to come in and lead and scale areas yeah. and, and run business areas. And like I said earlier, it's a meritocracy. We want people that want to stay and be part of the business who when they've built an area, they can get a part of that business and they bec become a shareholder in that business. We've got people in the company now yeah. that have that and we want to we, you know, we want to keep doing that so that people feel like they can keep growing yeah. with us. So what am I looking for? I don't really mind what they've done previously in recruitment. Candidates guess would be good, but if they're if they're good at what they do, they want to be the best and they want to take their career and they want to earn good money and build areas and you know achieve. If they want to open up other offices, they can do that for us. And so, to yeah. to get the visa, okay, uh, degree, couple of years experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I you hear lots of, a lot of different things with different lawyers. I I've, you know I, I know people that have got out here without a degree. I think Qu quite a lot of our yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, they usually have about four years. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you might need a few more years experience to get that. But if you've got a degree and you've got approaching two years of experience mm. I'm, and you're good I'm interested yeah um, if you've got a bit more great but you know um, some some of my best people um, as I say they joined us with 18 months in the industry they spent six months with us in the UK and then came out here 
because you normally need. You, I've heard of people getting visas on eighteen months, but that's a little bit rarer. I've got so, people. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got somebody eighteen months without a degree. Okay, wow. Okay, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. So the uh, lawyer was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down to the, it's always down to the lawyer. My lawyer's pretty good as well. The, ca the case they make. Yeah. To, like, it could be dressing up their previous experience. Yeah. So, yeah. like, let's say they're doing financial services recruitment. Yeah. And they worked in a bank before yeah, that. Yeah. The, yeah, the, the lawyer can kind of make that yeah, work, you know. That's, that's it, yeah. If we can prove, I mean, I think because we're, we're obviously part I try, of our, I try and explain this to recruiters and they're like, oh, I don't want to lie about anything. Like, okay. Yeah, that's, I mean. Yeah. Do you want a visa? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, obviously part of the investment visa is we, we've got to hire Americans as well. Yeah. We're, hiring, we're hiring a volume of Americans. So I think one of the things they look at when the, the case is made is, is there a good proportion of US citizens? Yeah. And we have that. So we, we can definitely get more E2s, we can definitely get more investment visas for, for people that want to come. Um, so, but obviously people are interested, so they've got to be good as well. I've had, sure. a, few, I've had a few applicants that are a bit average, and if you're going to invest in them and get them a visa, they've got to be pretty prop for you to want to do it. I know. Okay, that's us, Adam. Cool. All right. Good, awesome. man. Thanks very much. Well, I really enjoyed meeting Adam and the team in the office there. Um, nice, cool area in Brickell where they're based in a WeWork. Um, we had an awesome time. We, uh, we hit the Miami afterwards and really just got a taste of the city, the nightlife. And <laughs> I wish I was 10 years younger and single. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And... Yeah, look, if you're thinking of going there and you'd like to have a conversation, just hit me up. Um, we are inundated with opportunities around the world. And that's America, Australia, Europe, Dubai, you name it. We are flat out, but quite a focus on some key American hires right now. So love to hear from you. Even if you just want to have a chat about your career in general, um, I'm up for just finding out who's listening to this podcast and anything that you think would be interesting for me to add in future episodes, that would be great too. Thanks. <laughs>